0: the name of Jesus. There he is, Jesus, is hoofing it to Jerusalem. It's almost like you in the morning. It's like he's late for work and he's trying to find the fast lane on 465. Why is Jesus in, in such a rush? Well, he's got important work to do there. That's what's on his mind. And so steadfastly, relentlessly, he's He's headed downtown to the capital city. Why? To give his life as a ransom for many, for you. Who would dare interrupt Jesus? Who would dare pull in front of him and cut him off, slow him down, take him off course? In our gospel text for today, watch out, Jesus! Leper colony of ten over on your right. Don't get too close, Jesus. The last thing you need to slow you down on the way to the capital city is to contract leprosy. After all, there's no vaccine for that. And even if there was, who knows if there'd be enough to go around, but you know how that goes. You flu shot people. And if that isn't bad enough, one among these ten isn't even an Israelite. He's an out-of-stater, a mongrel, a heterodox Samaritan, a double loser, a two-fold piece of scum. But Jesus gets over within earshot, and with loud voices, all ten zombie lepers cry out, Jesus! Jesus! Master, have pity on us. The lepers. Lepers are as good as dead. No hope for them. No soup for you. Now the least Jesus could do would be to have some pity on them before all their flesh rots off, right? Maybe a few pennies, a few coins to throw their way to to buy some bread. Perhaps a few kind words with a friendly wave. Sorry to hear about your condition, boys. Good luck with that. Now I'm off to Jerusalem. I've got important work to do. But instead of doing that, which is how you and I sometimes handle the lepers around us, let the reader understand, Jesus looks right at them. He engages them, gives them his full attention. And indeed, they are lepers. But then he says this, get out of here. Go show yourselves to the priests at Jerusalem. Now You might stop there in the text and say to yourself, good for you, Jesus. Let somebody else deal with these poor diseased devils. Way to send them away. You've got important work to do, Jesus. You've got to hightail it to Jerusalem too. But... If you think that's what Jesus is up to, then you probably completely misunderstood. A little background for you. Go show yourselves to the priests was the biblical procedure for lepers who had been cured. Did you hear that? You showed yourself to the priest only after being healed from this death trap disease. That's the only way you could be reinstated back into society. And yet, before they're healed, Jesus tells them to do just that. Isn't that bizarre? I mean, what a twist to the story. While they are still lepers, losers, dead to everything in this life, Jesus tells them to act as if they are healed and no longer outcasts. Off to Jerusalem, boys, get going. Show yourselves to the priests, would you? And as they go, in the process of going, of setting their face towards Jerusalem, the same direction Jesus is headed, by the way, as they turn to Jerusalem, all ten are healed. No work on their part. No vaccine. No shot. No nurses turned pastors anywhere. Nobody to help them. Just Jesus' word. Jesus did it. Jesus gave it. And let the reader understand, He raised them from the dead, if you will. These lepers who had no life Torn apart from their family, their friends, their vocation. He restores them, gives them new life, and does it with His words. So how do you receive Jesus' words? How important are His words to you? How do you approach His holy presence Do you come before Him in this place or elsewhere as someone who's got it all together? Having your best life now? Or do you call out to Him like a leper does? Someone who realizes their dirty, sinful, miserable condition. Our Old Testament text from Proverbs 4 reads, My son... Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Do you cry out to your Savior for pity, for mercy? You did that earlier in the divine service, whether you realize it or not. Actually, the same words that the lepers cried out Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And now, do you trust and believe the words that he speaks to you in the absolution, the forgiveness of your sins, in the consecration? Back to the story. Nine of the ten keep going. Pedal to the middle, hop in the fast lane, cutting people off. They're determined to get downtown as quickly as they come. They don't come back. They don't even look back. But one does. One. And guess who it is? It's that out-of-stater, that two-fold outcast, the double loser, the duck twice dead, the Samaritan. He knows who healed him. He knows who cares for him. And so he comes and does something, well, to be honest with you, it's probably the best definition of worship. Did you know the first word that occurs in Genesis in the Old Testament for worship literally means to to bow down, to prostrate oneself, to literally humble oneself completely, physically, emotionally, spiritually, before someone else, preferably Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? The highest form of worship is faith, not just what you do. But that's why even as you'll see through the service, you might see some people bowing. We don't have kneelers, but we kneel for communion as we're able. We probably would kneel a little bit more if we didn't have bad knees, but then we'd have to help each other up and it would just be more of a comedy show probably than a service. But humbling oneself before one who has power and authority over you, that's exactly what the Samaritan does. He throws himself at Jesus' feet. Have you ever had that before where someone has done something for you and it just doesn't seem like thank you is enough? You might say it over and over again, thank you, thank you. And you just can't find the words to express how much you appreciate what's been done for you. You're in a good place because that's this guy. Thanks a ton, Jesus. I can't can't begin to thank you enough. I don't have the words. Praise be to you, Jesus. Praise be to God. God, be praised. And there at Christ's feet, the Samaritan is whole. He is alive. He is accepted. He is cleansed. And that's true faith. That's true worship. Knowing your place and coming before the one who could, who could send you downstairs in a heartbeat and for all eternity. Coming before the one who restores, heals, and forgives you. Time and time again. Crying out to God. Placing yourself as you are here today where He And you, where your paths will cross, receiving His gifts of forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, humbling yourself before Him in praise and thanksgiving, which is why even the historic term for the Lord's Supper is is the Eucharist, from the Greek word eucharizo, which means to give thanks, to receive His gifts and then return thanks to Him. Now it's at this point in the story that Jesus looks around, and he speaks to you and me. Hey, what's up? Didn't I heal ten? Why is it that only one comes back to thank God? And he's a foreigner to boot. You see, the Lord does something that you and I aren't often able or maybe ever able to do. Jesus loves so much that He risks betrayal. You wonder sometimes what holds you back in a relationship or with other people? It's because you want to get something back. That's the sinner in you. You're only going to give so far. You don't want to give too much because you may not get it back, right? Not with Jesus. He opens Himself up Does it on the first date, you might say. Opens himself up completely. Wearing his love, who he is, on his proverbial sleeves for all to see and know that he's come for you. To save you. To heal you. Jesus speaks to the Samaritan. The 10%. The one who returns. The one who has faith. Get up, man. Get up and go. Your faith has saved you. Go now and live your life. Go and serve your neighbor. Go and share my love with others through all the ways that I've gifted you and talented you. You see, faith saves because faith trusts in Jesus, the Savior. And with Jesus, you receive more than you ever expected. The Samaritan received healing and on top of that, salvation. What does faith now say to all this? How does faith talk? Well, faith says thank you, just like we will in a little bit in the communion liturgy. I'll sing to you, lift up your hearts. Your reply, we lift them to the Lord. Our hearts are open to you, God. You know us. We might try and hide this and that from our spouses, our children, our friends, our bosses, our co-workers, the world, but here I am, Lord. Wide open book, and I'm a, I'm a nasty leper. You're not going to like what you see, God, but I'm going to open myself up to you because I, I trust you want to help and will do something. Then I'll sing to you, Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. And you will say, It is meet and right so to do. Which basically is, Amen. He's the only one we have to thank, not ourselves. Our thanks go to Him. So what should you give back to the Lord for all His benefits to you? Well, He's given Himself. The Father has given Himself to you wholly and completely with all that He is and has. So too Jesus, giving himself into death for you, taking on the leprosy of your sin in his body, there upon Golgotha's tree, and answering for all that sin and the punishment that he endures in the cross, even unto death. So what shall you render to the Lord for all his benefits to you? The psalmist in Psalm 116 says this, I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Simply means, thank you. It's like my grandma taught us. We got whapped on the knuckles pretty hard. Please and thank you. You didn't do it. No soup for you. But it's much more for a Christian. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will offer offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call on the name of the Lord. Meaning, you will come to church where your paths intersect, you will fall at His feet, you will invoke His name just like the lepers, so that the Lord Jesus will be with you to bless you. And bless you He will. Blessed you are, more than you probably realize, because that's His promise. That's his work. I am your Savior, he says. I died for you, buried for you, rose for you. And you are now forgiven. You are now restored. I baptized you, he said, welcomed you into my holy family. You're saved. So eat my body, drink my blood. It's my last will and testament. And you are heirs of all these things. You are heirs of the salvation I won on the cross. So what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? His saving you? Well, I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will take the cup of salvation and and call on the name of the Lord. In other words, you give thanks for all the Lord's giving by receiving His gifts all the more. And by letting Him give you more and more. Because His giving knows no boundaries. So get up. Go on your way, whether it's downtown on 465 or or whatever path your life takes you. Go and live in your life and your vocation. Serve your neighbor. Your faith has saved you. Jesus has saved you. In the name of Jesus. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.